Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Episode 6. Welcome, welcome. Staying afloat teaching. Man, this is the episode that I've been waiting for. It's the episode... I mean, if you're listening to podcasts, this is the first real episode in my eyes because it's Friday, 4.57 p.m. Got home a little bit from the last day of my first week of school. So, uh... It's time. It's time to talk about the nitty-gritty. What's it like to be a teacher in the first week of school for the first time? Um, there's a lot to talk about. There really is. I got a huge list here. And even, you know, the one thing that I got to say is, like, I'll never be able to get through all of my thoughts. Even if, I mean, I guess one thing I need to do better is take notes maybe at the end of each day to really get, like, a laundry list of things that I want to talk about. But I'll start before I get into that. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm just, I keep checking the anchor dashboard, and I'm like, the audience size, average audience size, keeps either growing or staying consistent. Like we're on, like I think it seems like you know a good trend, and I don't know. It's just really great. It's it's cool to see that. Like even though like my my workflow is, maybe there's like two or three days a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that I'm working on this podcast, and then Monday it goes up. And I, I'm not saying I kind of forget about it because I'm I'm constantly thinking of ideas of what I want to talk about on it, but I don't look at the analytics at all. Um, and just to see that it's still like kind of doing well when I'm not thinking about it. It's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's cool to come back to. And I always look forward to when I get to record. And this more than ever, I'm looking forward to this. So first of all, just to get the, the, the basics out, you know, first, absolute first thing that you notice, you know, when I'm going into school, the very first variable that I want to kind of talk about is the students. What are the students like, right? And I'm not just saying this because there's a non-zero chance, slim but non-zero chance that one of my students finds out about this podcast one day, I'm really teaching some genuinely great students, right? And I'm not just saying great, like, yeah, I think like they're academically great for the most part, but just like, I I think they're more mature than I thought they would be for ninth and 10th graders. Uh, Sure, they're still kids, right? I mean, they're not like, no one's perfect, like, but they've made my job, I think is easy as possible. There was never a situation I was put in this week. Maybe it's just because things are really, it's really just a crazy school year, but I was never put in a situation where I told kids to do something and they were just like, no, (laughs) you know, like I wasn't put in that situation. Now I will say it's still challenging. And this is probably like a big, biggest L of the week is it's really tough in the blended learning environment to really pay attention to what everyone is doing. It, and honestly, when I say tough, I, what I really mean is it's just simply, I don't think possible without derailing and slowing down the entire learning experience for everyone. And for me, that's one thing that I really struggle with because I really, I get like anxious with downtime in my own classroom and I really try to minimize downtime. I try to have everything super prepared, oiled clean so that I transition from one topic to the next one. I got stuff uploaded so that when I'm, when I'm, you know, there's no downtime. There's no waiting on me to do something. I'm always coming here super prepared and I know exactly what I'm going to do and everything is ready for the students. And when it's not like that, you know, there were a couple days where I was just running behind. Maybe I was teaching, you know, three blocks back to back to back. And I'm like, oh, snap, I forgot to upload the worksheet that I want these kids to do in the second block. I got to stop what I'm doing and basically find a way to fill in this dead air when I don't need to. You know, I could just say like, hey, wait a minute, take a break. I'm just going to upload this worksheet because there's no rush. But to me, there is. And that's one thing that I really think I got to work on is it's okay, especially in this year more than any year, we're going to have to wait and be patient to deal with tech. 
Um, and, and we're going to have to be okay with downtime because I'm sure other teachers who are more comfortable in their classroom are having downtime and it's, it's, it's fine. You know, it's just, it, it's just, they're totally okay with it. And I think eventually when I'm more comfortable in my classroom and it doesn't feel like a foreign area where I'm still trying to figure everything out, I think that that feeling might die down a little. I'm not saying I'm, I was on edge because I was definitely having a great time. But it's definitely something that I think I could improve on just in terms of the comfort levels of myself in my classroom. And, and yeah, so back to this, like the, the tech, I kind of can see that it's really just impossible to tell who's in my class and like what they're doing at all times. For the most part, students have their webcams on, but just when I'm teaching, I can't see their webcams. And and more than that, like it's it's... I don't want to take my attention away from what I'm doing to monitor these students. So I, I put a lot of trust in them. And I think for the most part, you know, again, like I can't really tell when things go bad, but I also can't tell when things go good. So I, I have to admit that I'm totally in the dark sometimes with what students are doing. If I'm, if it's something where I'm giving like instruction to them and they're like copying notes or we're going over a problem or I'm talking about, you know, some instructions, but I'm projecting my screen. So I, I'm not looking at the Zoom call. I'm looking at what I see on my computer screen to talk about instructions. I can't really tell what they're, what, what they're doing if they're paying attention. But I, I, you know, it's something I don't, I, I, I can't have full control over that. So the sooner I get over that to me, this, the, the better. So it's not something I really dwell on and it's not something I really concern myself with. But I will admit, it's just, uh, it's, it's an issue with the blended learning model. Zoom, I think, um, that's the, the program that my school, for the most part, most of the teachers are using it. I haven't tried Google Meet. I'm just going to stick with Zoom now that I've tried. It's got its pros and cons. Um, I really want to foster a lot of student interaction and I think it was something I said I wanted to do but then didn't really pull the trigger because I couldn't do it the way I wanted to. I wanted to have preset breakout rooms and I really couldn't get that to work because I think the file, basically if students students are connecting with their emails but Zoom isn't recognizing that the email that they're using is the same one that I put in in my breakout room tech. Basically the, the first grade vernacular is that even though I prepare and I have the groups set up early, Zoom doesn't recognize my groups when the students are in the call. And again, I, I have to derail the class to put them in groups that I pick, basically just dragging and clicking them, when I would rather just do it randomly. Um, and of course, you know, the randomness is okay, but if there's a lot of people in class that end up being in the same group, that could leave this online people kind of stranded and they have to basically request that I join their breakout room for me to talk to them and get a sense of what they're doing. And again, and I can't see what they're doing in the group. So it's, it's just, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. But you know, to, to bring this on, on a W with the tech, things that did work really well. So the way I run my classroom is the classroom has a smart board and two whiteboards. I haven't really touched the whiteboards. I've been putting like do nows and stuff like, hey, take all this stuff out or this is the stuff that we'll be doing today on the whiteboard and I really haven't written on it like at all. What I've been doing for my instruction uh, has been I have a projector that goes onto the uh, the smart board. I have my computer connected to the projector and I have my computer and my iPad connected to Zoom. And so what I can do with that is it allows me to never touch the smart board which I absolutely hate and I have the ability to basically do all of my note taking and all of my basically all of my whiteboard writing is on my iPad whose screen is shared with students on Zoom and on my own computer screen so I can see it it's projected on the board as well as the Chromebooks of all of my students and it's a really useful tool because 
it basically removes so much work from me because any notes I do on the, the iPad, I just export to Google Classroom right after. And that's like such a big help because not only should I be doing that because it makes the, the students' lives easier, for a lot of times I have to do that because a lot of the things you might have to do for 504s and IEPs are you're technically required to give students a copy of notes. It's just one less thing I need to do because it's built into my normal workload. And it's funny because students are like, hey, thank you for doing this, when to me this is just like, this is base level, like why would I not do this? Like it makes it so easy that I might as well do it and it almost gets me like these free points because they think I'm going out of my way to do it, when in reality it's like trivial. <laughs> Same thing with videos, especially in my AP2 class, this is kind of like a win slash loss of the week. So like the loss would be, it's tough to teach in 45 minute intervals in an AP2 class, in AP Physics 2 because you know, you gotta get through a lot of content. So for instance, today I really overplanned. There was stuff that I just simply, I wanted to get through and I didn't get through. What I did instead is I said like, okay, let's stop here. Let's not rush through this. Let's do a quick recap and close out the day. I'll finish recording the lecture and I'll upload it to Google Classroom as like a little video. And I think that that's worked really well. The students have responded really well to that. Cause again, it's the same thing. They think it's like, I, I think they think that I'm putting a lot of effort into it. It's not that I'm not, like I'm trying to make the videos good, but it's like so easy to do that it comes off for me again it's like it's really simple but it gives me like this extra like you know students are thankful for it when to me it's like i do very little work and the returns are huge in terms of the learning and like the again it, it helps students so yeah it's it's been super great with the tech luckily i'm relatively young i'm not super in tune with all the tech i actually keep joking that i'm like teacher being coming a teacher has made me dumber with tech where like my speakers weren't working for a couple of days and i'm like why the heck are these speakers not working they're plugged in they were working this morning sometime at some point i must have muted zoom on my class speakers so everything will come out of that except for zoom and i'm like wondering why is zoom not coming through here so i'm just joking with the kids like I was like wow I actually am like genuinely a dumb person <laughs> but you know I, I, I have fun like I really do have fun in the classroom and it's because the students are really you know it's 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 fun to be around them and I'm just having a lot of fun with the stuff that I'm teaching it's, even if it's at the low level with the you know my just like the standard level physics like first year freshman physics I'm having a lot of fun with that because I think my goal is to make physics accessible to all of them. And it really just helps me relax and be like, yeah, like we're, these are really simple, but this is stuff that like, you know, we're giving you practice and this this is, I don't know, it's, it's cool to see them get it, I guess. It's, it's a lot of fun for me to see when students really get it. And in AP, on the other hand, it's really cool to see students have like, I gave them a problem today that basically said estimate the height of the atmosphere, really bad estimate, but it's just a cool question to ask. And just the way that the question is worded, there's a lot of information that you know, but the question doesn't tell you, and you kind of just have to pull it from the you know the back of your mind, stuff that we went over before, and to see kids get it, and like talk to the people around them, and be like, yo, this pressure at, at the top is zero because it's the boundary between the atmosphere and space, it's a vacuum, dude. And I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome, that's so cool. It's again, it's just the small things like that's why you teach like that's why it's really cool because you get to unlock that in students. Um, one huge win from this week, probably my biggest win of the week uh, was in my ninth grade physics class. 
Uh, it started out as a huge loss, not a huge loss, but a loss for sure. It was like literally my first lesson, very first thing I was doing. One of the things I was going to do was like a what is physics activity because a lot of kids in ninth grade don't know what physics is. And so it, it was originally something I adapted from one of my coworkers where she basically has like a worksheet of a bunch of things that are basically like you check the box if you think it's in the realm of physics, but normally it's a worksheet and then they would go in groups and talk about it. Uh, and so first of all, the, my breakout rooms didn't work, right? So that was a big loss, um, and I was kind of sad. So I, I basically was like, uh, okay, in class, people, you talk about it, I guess. Like, I didn't want to do the random breakout rooms because I didn't know how good it was going to go. Thinking back, I really should have. But then so when it came to talk about it, I realized, like, the format sucks for this because one, I can't look at both groups of students at the same time. Secondarily, it's really hard for students online with the way, again, I'm sharing things for them to like raise their hand and participate in this. So what I ended up doing is I was like, okay, first thing, who thinks this is physics? Raise your hand. And like, I can see the kids in class, but I can't see them on Zoom. And it was just, it was honestly like cringy to me because I'm like, I'm going down the list and I can tell like, this isn't like, it's, the discussion is not happening the way I wanted it to. Uh, and it, I, it just really it didn't feel good. So I knew I had to change that for my second section. And so what I did was I adapted it to a Google form and totally changed it. So it's the exact same questions, but now there's a huge list. Check the box on the form for the ones that you think are physics. This time I did breakout rooms so kids could actually talk to each other. And then we came back and all of them submitted their form. I showed the results on the screen. And instead of going through each item independently and asking like raise your hand if you said this which is super boring <laughs> we could see the results and i could just point out the most interesting things so like for instance this one had a hundred percent why did everyone say this was physics or this one had like 20 percent why did no one say this was physics and this time maybe it was just the difference in classes but the discussion was awesome and it, one of the things you really look for as a teacher when you're trying to get students to really have a good class discussion is like it's okay if the conversation goes like teacher asks a question, student responds, teacher says something, another student responds, teacher, student, teacher, student. This time it wasn't like that. It was like I would ask, what do you think about this item? Student would say something. Another student's hand shoots up and be like, well, actually, would you, did you think of this? Another student's hand pops up. And it's like this is what you want when you're trying to do this kind of discussion. And it was just so cool to see students get into this when this is like the first day of their physics class when some of them had an idea of what physics was, but a lot of them said like, you know, I, I have no idea what we're really doing in this class. I, I was just really happy with that. So that was, to me, like the best way for me to... Now, when I look at a worksheet, I have a better idea of like, is this going to go well in the blended environment or is this something I have to totally adapt to make it work here? So that was a huge, huge win on my part and it turned an activity that... I'm not going to say it sucked the first time, but it didn't get like the, the conversation that I wanted to. It wasn't generating. Um, but the second time, it was like a huge, huge win. One other thing that I found difficult though, one like probably another big loss of the week is consistency as a first year teacher is really tough, I think. Because for me, like I don't really have my classroom procedures like super solid down yet. What I mean by that is I don't know the best ways to do things. 
so like for instance like there's some things like when we do a lab I'll give them a week to do it right but I don't have a real defensible reason for why I'm giving them a week as opposed to four days or five you know I'm just saying like okay I'll give them a week that seems like a good idea with worksheets like I could say get them to me by the next class period but in reality like I don't really care <laughs> right like like genuinely like you can take all the unit just get it to me by the test right like I don't really care when you give it back to me I know like I should be thinking get it back to me incrementally it's like I should only give them a couple days because then I don't want to have like a monster load of grading to do all at once but like it was tough for me to say like yeah give this to me in two days because sometimes I'd be like you know with one class I would be like yeah give this to me in two days and the other class I'm like but like I, do I really care like I don't know like you could take all all weekend I wouldn't really mind um, so I don't know. I'm definitely being too lax with a lot of things. And it's just, it's tough for a first year teacher because I don't know the best way to do things. And more than that, I don't know the way I want to do things. I'm really just throwing ideas out there and my own responses to them will determine what I do in the future. Right. But I do think like when students ask like, Hey, when is this due? They don't want whenever they don't, they, they don't want you to hear at least like the good students. They don't want to hear, turn this in before the test, any time, get it to me when it's done. They probably wanna hear, get it to me in two days. Cause then they're like, okay, I'll do it in two days. Like at least it gives me a time frame. I feel like they don't wanna make the time frame themselves. And that makes sense because a lot of them are ninth and 10th graders. So I think I need to work on that in the future. I need to really work on like having hard and fast due dates for things and sticking to them and remembering them and organizing them and writing them down in my daily agendas where when I catalog the homework that's piling up, I'm like, this is still due on this date. And when it's that date, I go to the students who didn't turn in and be like, hey, this was due today. You have to get this to me. And it's just one of the things that's is really overwhelming I only have four classes, two different, you know, two different courses, four classes total. And it's it's really tough to even just have those those four. Like there's so, you know, there's, there's a pretty good amount of students and it's just tough to, to keep track of what's due what day, which section has this due what day, which section is this due the other day, what did I do this, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot tougher than it seems, even though I could have been teaching three different types of course, three different courses, like several different actual classes. Um, what, what, I mean, what I mean by that is I'm teaching AP Physics 2 and kind of like a, a level below honors physics, like just like a ninth grade physics course. I could have been teaching a third different course, but then among those two courses, I have two sections of each. Um, and it, I'm already finding that is really hard to put together. So if I were to ever teach like an elective and I would add a third, you know, it's just, I can imagine like you can start to, it's really tough to do this. And it's tough to organize Google Classroom when you're uploading so many things. And, you know, I feel bad because I'm sending like a ton of emails to them. But I guess that's just how it is when everything is on Google Classroom. I should mention I'm trying to do things as digital as possible just because, again, it's, it's I don't want to be handing stuff out. If we don't need to do a worksheet, I'm not going to do a worksheet. The exception might be things like graphing by hand, which I would give out graph paper or uh, give students online the, uh, some way to do it online or a way to print something out. But yeah, it's, it's hard to keep organized and it's hard to keep consistent with what I want because I guess I don't really know what I want yet. Like it's tough for me to, to do that. So on one hand, I come off as like the fun lax teacher maybe, but on the other hand, maybe I come off a little disorganized because I mean, to be honest, I am. Like it's hard to be 100% organized your first year of teaching, I think. And another thing I found out kind of stemming off that is 
going back to Monday, I w- it was Labor Day, so we were off. It was the day before my first day. And I was not like stressing, but I was like kind of like, I need to get ahead. Like I need to keep planning. Like I can plan what I'm doing for Thursday and Friday this week. But then I realized you really cannot plan that far ahead, especially without knowing your students. And the reason, number one is, because like you don't know how much time it's gonna take these kids, especially when I haven't met them yet. So I can do all this planning, but it could all be like a waste. Like I might not be able to do activities that I wanna do that I, that I plan because I'm like, oh, now that they've done this, I don't think this is gonna go well. Or I could have an, a, a situation like one of my first lessons in my AP class, I gave him a problem that I thought wasn't gonna be that bad and ended up being really difficult. So it kind of pushed back my schedule because I'm like, okay, let, we gotta take some time to review this before we get to new content. And so, you know, I think there's diminishing returns to planning far ahead. I think that's like one of the number one things that I learned from getting ready for this week. And so it's it's not, you know, stressing about planning for the next day, the day before. You don't have to do that. It's not something that I need to stress about. Because if anything, it, in a lot of situations, it might be the best case scenario to do that, to only be planning one day ahead, or two days ahead, or three days ahead, and not any more than that. So there's nothing wrong with that, I think. I think what's better is to have like just an idea, right? So like next week, these are some things I think I wanna hit, but then if we get through them or not, you know, that depends on what the day by day looks like. So I think that was, once I came to that conclusion, it was something that really helped me not stress during the week. Because, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of work past the school day. That's just the life of a teacher. But it's work that I kind of have to do in order to do my job right. And I think that's why, you know, if, if you were to be honest, or if I were to be honest, I really was not stressed at all this week. And I, I'm talking like at all. Like maybe stress level, like if, I don't know, one out of 10, maybe like max, I was like a three. And like that is, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm genuinely... I was, I was pretty calm. Like, and yeah, nothing, we had like some bumps, but every bump was something where I'm like, I can move the needle here. I can fix this, I can do better. Every tech issue is something that if I just sit down and think and you know just tackle the problem, I'll get a better next class or maybe the class after that. See, so yeah, I, I really think that that mindset of you don't need to plan super far ahead, you can live day by day, especially in your first year. If it gets the best results, do it, like that's okay. Don't stress out about that. Just take it and, you know, work with it. Other wins exterior to teaching. I was definitely, I'm, you know, I'm keeping up with my running. I'm, I'm mostly keeping up with, you know, ex, you know, extra stuff to keep me happy. You know, I'm still cooking meals, still eating, you know, relatively healthy. Still, again, I think my mental health has been good. I've been keeping up with my gratitude reflections that I do every day. Small things that really just add up to make us like, I still feel like I have a life outside of school. I definitely relax a lot more when I'm not doing something. Uh, it's been tough to like want to play video games and use my brain when I can just sit back, relax, and watch something on on TV. Um, but I think it's okay, you know, if I'm relaxing and recharging in, in a way that's that's good. And if I'm not doing that for hours and hours, I think it's 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 good to do that when my brain is like super, you know, firing on all cylinders during the workday. So I think it's fair, I think it's fine. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like during the day, I just have like a blast and I really do expend all of my energy in school. It's good to have some time to just re- absorb some of that at home and come back the next day. I haven't found it difficult to get up in the morning, even though I'm getting up at like 6.15, you know, I'm 
having breakfast every day. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to live as, as smart as I can. I'm getting to school early so I can get ready for the day. I'm not pushing any boundaries. And I, I don't even, I don't even feel like I'm quite redlining myself, which is good because things are going to pick up in the future, especially with things like the video game club, which we're still trying to move the needle on. There's still some work. Basically, the, the update to that arc is I'm waiting for administration to get, basically figure out how much funding we have to figure out what we can do. Um, but my, my job has been good. I've been keeping up, getting quotes, talking to the people uh, that, you know, re representatives from the league and uh, yeah, getting us ready to join that and meeting with students finally for the first time to, uh, to, to get that organized. I'm super excited for that. Um, I'm excited to see. It's, it's, I think it'll come along well, but not, not too many updates this week as far as the, uh, the video game eSports League. But I'm excited for that. I think it's gonna be really cool. If you're enjoying the podcast and want another way to engage with the content, consider following the podcast's Twitter, at Afloat Teaching. There you can stay up to date with notifications for the release of new episodes and get some behind the scenes on the development of the podcast. DMs are also open for feedback or questions for future Q&A segments, and all suggestions are welcome and appreciated. I'll even shout you out. Thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So my goals for the next week, um, definitely number one is get to know my students more. So like dial back, take the time to get to know all my students' names and get organized. Those two things can kind of go hand in hand. One thing that I did is I've been printing out all my seating charts. I put my students in seating charts because it's just an easier way to help remember names. So I'll have the seating chart in front of me while the class is going on. It is tough because I only see them in person you know, so many days a week, and then I have a long break before I see them again in person. But I, again, you know, you just move the needle every day. You, you get there, you try. The way I do it essentially is uh, I ask a lot of questions and I get a lot of input from students in the middle of class. So every time I call on a student, I ask their name first if I don't remember it. The thing I do need to do is I have to work on cold calling students so basically, on the early days, I would point at a student, which maybe isn't the nicest thing to do, but I would point like, hey, you, what's your name? And answer the question. <laughs> um, and and they, they take it well. Like They tell me the name. You know, I haven't had any issues with that. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that I need to work on learning names. The pro is that there's not as many students in class at the same time. Um, so it, it's easy. So maybe I'll have like nine or ten students in class at once. So I can usually remember ten names and where they sit. But uh, yeah, I, I do need to work on that and work on getting organized. I'd like to find a way to get my Google Classroom to get more organized. Basically, I, I just want it to be as easy as possible for students to find what they need. And I think it's the resources and the stuff is just piling up there. And yeah, I, I need to find a way to organize that that will make me happy and make students happy. Uh, I, again, and, and just getting to know students, I really want to do work in time where I'm not super stressed on pushing forward with content and just taking time to just, you know, relax, uh, crack jokes, you know, have, you know, make some humor, ask students some questions, get to know how they're doing. Um, I do make time to you know, ask like, hey, so, you know, this was your first day in person, you know, you were virtual the last couple of days. How's it been? Are you enjoying it? Um, how are your other classes? How's it, how's it doing with masks? You know, we're all, we're all in non-air conditioned rooms wearing masks all day. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, but, uh, but we're, we're getting by. Um, honestly, that has not been as bad as I thought, but mostly like, let's pretend we live in a world where in two weeks we go fully online because, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but you know, we get a couple cases in the school. I will say the town near me the school opened the same day ours did, and they're already closed because they got cases. 
So there's, it's a possibility we could figure out in, in a week that we have a couple students with it. You never know. But, you know, if it happens, I do want to have made the most of my in-person time to actually see the students and, and get to interact with them. Because I do get to interact with them way more than the online students. It's just how it works. Um, and I've, I've kind of... One of the things I really wanted was to make the class as equitable as possible. But I think there's a limit to that because I don't want to make it like... You're, at the end of the day, you're going to interact with the in-person students more. There's nothing you can do, right? And so that's... It's okay, Right? Most students will get the trade-off. They'll have some time in person. And the students that are all online, there there has to be, you know, it can't be 100% equal, right? There there has to be some advantages to being in person. Otherwise, why the heck would we have been in person? Honestly, you know, thinking about that, I've really enjoyed the first week. So, like, I get it. Like, should we be in a blended learning model? I don't know. You can You can argue that it's still not worth it. But to me, I've been really enjoying it. I have to be honest, and I, I, a lot of my enjoyment has come from the fact that I'm in school with students. So I'm not saying that my opinion has shifted. I'm just saying that I have a more realistic outlook that you're like, yeah, there are a lot of people who are, are on the outside saying that like it's crazy that schools are open. But honestly, I'm kind of happy that we are now as long as it stays safe. Of course, like if we do get even two cases, like yeah, 100% we should close, right? Like there's no ifs and, you know, there's, there's no debate there. Like if it's not safe anymore, it's not safe. But in the meantime, I'm gonna enjoy it, right? I'm, I'm gonna enjoy what I have now. And I don't know, let's just, just make the most of it. I'm, I'm really, really having a great time. <laughs> like it's, I, I don't wanna make it seem like I'm like putting on airs for this this podcast to make it seem like I'm having a great time when in reality, like, like don't get me wrong, it's hard. It's, it's a hard job, but it's not that hard. Like it's, it's worth it, like it really is. Like I'm putting in a lot of work and I'm putting in a lot of hours, but the dividends that I get out of it, the value that I get out of it, the joy I get out of it is so worth it that I don't know. It's it's it feels like like yeah, like this this was the right decision 100%. And also, you know, I'm I'm excited to get better at it. I don't think I'm I'm great yet. You know, there's still I have gotten responses from students that have made me really happy to say like, "Hey, we already think you're doing great. Like I already really enjoy this class. I thought I wasn't going to like physics and I really am excited for the class now." I've gotten those, you know, things like that, uh, paraphrase from student surveys that I've been sending out to people, you know, just, I, I, I'm huge on these Google forms. I'm trying to send out as many like checkup and like reflection and like give me feedback-esque forms. And, uh, and I, another thing is I'm really honest with the students. Like I, all of them know it's my first year teaching. That's not something I hide. All of them know I just graduated from college and all of them know that like, I'm going to be learning with them. Like I'm, I'm a lot of what I'm doing is trial and error and it helps that Again, I use it to my advantage, all of these things where like maybe in another environment, students, you might think they could take advantage of that, but I I don't see it that way at all. I see it, honestly, the opposite. I see that like it's good to be honest with them. And also if they know that I'm super looking for feedback, some students have given it to me and it's been, you know, relatively positive so far. Um, I would love, you know, if they told me like, this isn't working, I wish you would change this. That's totally fine too. Then I would do what it need. I would do what I need to do, right? I'm looking for crystal clear communication from my students because I can't even see 50% of them at a time, right? So all we have is communication, verbal communication or written communication through emails. One other thing that I think really contributes to how much fun I'm having as a teacher, and this is something that I've been 
kind of subconsciously and consciously doing for the last couple of years in preparation for being a teacher is the type of person that I am in the classroom or like the version of myself that I bring in the classroom is me. Like it's, 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 it's me. Like I don't, I don't have to fake who I am or like censor really any parts of me to be a teacher. And I think I've been doing this consciously for the last couple of years. Like just thinking like, you know, small things like I don't really curse even amongst colloquial conversation like there's kind of no I don't see a reason to it unless there is a I don't don't see the reason to it right so I've like the last couple of years just kind of taken out of my vocabulary so I don't have to worry about a lot of the things that I would normally say with friends like I don't have to censor myself in the classroom in addition like I'm not like a super edgy person so like there's not a lot of things that I talk about with my friends or with, you know, in colloquial conversation that I have to like suddenly like, oh, I have to operate on like a different like function when I'm in the, the school. No, it's like not like that at all. Like I'm truly myself in my classroom. I'm a nerdy physics guy, you know, and like I'm, I'm super honest about that. And it helps me have fun in my classroom. It helps me like, I don't know, like the fact that I can be myself with my students and even to go a step further, like I genuinely... I feel like when you reach a certain age, for me, I think it was when I hit 21, you just kind of realize like, hey, like this is who I am. And like, I've reached the point where I don't need to like, I don't really care what people think of me. Maybe I won't go that far. Like I care, but like, I'm me. Like you, you're not going to get a different version of me. I'm not going to put a, put out a different version of me to please other people, if that makes sense. Right. So because I'm not even thinking about that, that's not even on the table, I'm just being myself. It helps me just have a lot of fun in the classroom. And I think students can tell when I have fun. And honestly, like I make it obvious when I'm having fun doing physics because it's something I really enjoy doing. I like talking about it. I like seeing people talk about it. And I don't know, for me, I don't think I would be a successful teacher and I would get burnt out so quickly if I had to be a fake version of myself in the classroom. Like if I had to fake it to keep my like, you know, if I had to fake it to be in the school, then I would hate it there, right? But because I get to be myself, I really enjoy being in school. And so if you're in this situation like that, I mean, I think that's kind of something that could extend to wherever you are. If you have a job or like a career, like you have to go somewhere and like fake who you are, like that must really suck. So I definitely 100% like you got to find the things where you can truly be yourself. And then like, that's when you'll be successful. I feel like, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really just having a, a, an awesome time and I'm, I'm super, super excited. So yeah, goals for the next week, get organized, try to get consistent, get to know my students a little more and, you know, don't worry about putting on the best show possible. You know, it, there's, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be times where you got to be like, Hey, you know, I, I didn't get this ready, so I need to do this right now. Can you, get, you know, give me a couple minutes, and it'll it'll be okay. Um, I have really high standards for myself, and I think for the most part this week, I met them or approached them or got to the point where I can do a little more reflection to get there in the future. But um, yeah, I've, I'm just having a really great experience, and I'm I'm super 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 excited for the weeks to come. I'm not even, you know, burnout is not even not even in my mind space right now. I'm like really, really enjoying it. And yeah, I'm just excited to get to know my students more. And I really enjoy being at school. I'm going to enjoy the weekend. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm really excited to have a break. Um, But yeah, I really enjoy being at school and putting together lessons that, that get me fired up and get students talking about physics and interacting with this world. 
so yeah, that's that's gonna be it for this episode. This was the first real deal. I'm gonna try to streamline this a little bit more, but honestly, I, the ramble is what's easy for me because uh, I, just, I just basically put down a little list, wins of the week, losses of the week, but a lot of my losses of the week, I turn into wins. So, you know, there, there are losses that we're still gonna work, for, uh, work towards. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to keep talking about this. This is only the first week, and honestly, there's nowhere to go but up. It doesn't get any, you know, it doesn't get any worse than this. It's only gonna get better, and it's already been pretty good. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you want to hop on to our Anchor page, it'll link you to all the places that you can listen. Keep in touch anchor.fm slash essay teaching i want to invite you try to do something new we're approaching episode 10 and uh it'd be cool if you know if you have any questions if you have anything that i want to answer or if you anything you want me to answer now that i'm in the schools please you know there's a little message function i'm gonna invite you send a message hop onto the anchor page send a message to me i'll shout you out on the episode it'd be cool to do something special for episode 10 i got a story planned i think that'd be pretty cool um but yeah yeah really uh, thank you so much for listening the views keep the the listens i should say keep coming and just keep making me happy another thing to just you know be thankful for in in 2020 because man we need stuff to be thankful for (laughs) that's all for this episode i'll catch you next time